Hello, everybody, and welcome to part two of the Lean Tossup College Football Podcast for Week Ten. Uh, if you're if you're interested, go back in part one, do our recap. We talk all about the games that were last week. We talk about Ohio State versus Penn State, all the most important games from last week. We touch on a little bit of the rankings. We kind of had to brush into it again a little bit when we talk about some of the teams. Uh, but this part here in part two, this is when we're going to talk a lot more about the rankings. We're going to dive. It's going to be our, I guess, our kind of combined deeper dive. And then uh, we're going to talk about. Uh, we're going to give our Arduzzi Awards, and then we're going to give our uh, official model plays for this week. Of course, I am joined, as always, uh, by my co-host, Buck Metrics. How are our Arduzzi's? What are our Arduzzi's for this week? All right, I'm going to blind item the first one and see if you can guess who this one is for. Okay. So <clears throat> I tell you that there's a group of five coach that squanders an 18-point lead with 30 seconds left in the third quarter. A 10-point lead with 90 seconds left in the game. Um, I, your, your, Our first reaction is to think, oh, did Sark get fired and get hired by SMU? Okay, and it's not him. So, guesses. Who do you think would that would be? Oh, is it, is it, <laughs> is it Houston? No, no. I've, I've made fun of this guy before. It's our guy Brady Hoke. Oh yeah, San Diego State. That was I. I. I tweeted out that this is improbable, um, as I just retired from football for the night, and yet it wasn't that improbable when when I saw that Fresno State had pulled that out. I saw that, yeah, because you were. I was up through that, and I was like, that game kept getting closer and closer. I'm like, are they actually going to win the game? Sure enough, they won the game. That was crazy. <laughs> yes. Um. What what is great about this now is that um, their quarterback Jalen Maiden, nineteen and twenty four for two hundred ninety one yards, very very impressive. I'd never seen this kid before. He looks really good. Um, the thing is, they stumbled into him um, eventually after Braxton Burmeister had a injury in early October. And here's the thing: in that game. Uh, where Burmeister got his injury, Jalen Maiden was playing safety. So yes, um, San Diego State's best quarterback literally in years, Brady Hogue had this guy playing safety. Um, it just totally fits for him. It just totally fits for him. He, like I said a couple weeks ago, he is going to be 2023 Scott Frost. I can't see San Diego State firing him unless, you know, that 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 awful story about Ariza turns into a huge cover-up scandal, but man, it's, it's just, it's not going to last. It's not going to work. I, you know, I can't even play against San Diego state for a season total next season, because I'm that certain he's going to be let go at some point. Yeah. That's because they, 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 they made the conference championship game last year, but lost it. Yes. Considerably, yes. <laughs> yes. So that, I think, alone is enough in the G5 to save your job for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be, but it is. And I think that's the thing, right? So um, we'll have to see. I Yeah, it's not looking good. I We have under 7.5. It's, it's, it's not there yet. It's not there yet, but it's getting there. It's yeah. getting there. It is, and it's, it's inevitable. That's the thing. It's absolutely inevitable. What is it? Is it one more loss? 
you had under eight, I have under seven and a half, which is functionally the same. Yeah. They have to lose one more game. One of UNLV, San Jose State, New Mexico, and Air Force. That's actually, that's, they give me three losses there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, UNLV actually, Brumfeld, it was just announced today, is coming back. So ah, okay. that game becomes a lot more difficult for San Diego State. And the line dropped. So, hey, guess what? Actually, injury news with the proper reaction from the market, maybe because it wasn't Alabama or, you know, brand name Team X, but somebody in the G5 that smart people that you and I bet on. Yes. All right. My second Narduzzi is to the Pac-12 conference. Um, this isn't even about the end of the first half. Did you see that, by the way? Uh, I did not see it, no. I was okay. not watching that game. But You know what happened. Basically, USC gets a first down with like six seconds left. Um, they continue to run the clock. They run the clock, and literally the clock had expired before the ball was even spotted. I've never seen anything, so it's it's egregious. It was just hilarious. It was very Pac-12, but that's not why I'm giving um, them a Narduzzi. Uh, whoever approved having Gronk as a um, interview during the game needs to be fired immediately because it was just a fanboy session. It was just all awesome. Gronk, you're so awesome. Gronk can have an autograph. Gronk, oh, my God, isn't Arizona awesome? Tell about the awesome practice and the awesome experience and the awesome team dinner. Meanwhile, literally you have USC scoring a touchdown. It's getting called back, and it's awesome, awesome, awesome. There's no explanation for what's going on. It was just the most annoying five minutes of my life that I just I can't wait to get out of this conference it's such a clown show this is not I didn't think which team did Marshawn Lynch play for Cal Cal because he was at a game too yes like a couple they did the same thing and like you know what that's cute <laughs> halftime you could do halftime like yes these guys are retired now whatever like you want to have one game one pack 12 game it's on that see they're doing it because it's a nationally televised game so like oh let's bring back a famous star for again the question if for usc's for usc will they bring back reggie bush <laughs> Give, yeah. give, that's when that's when they'll give him the Heisman back. They're like, yeah, okay, there's your but Heisman back. Reggie Bush would be too serious. He's on TV. It would be more like five minutes with Dr. Dre or Will Ferrell. Yeah. And literally, there's you know, there's there's like maybe like a fumble and there's no explanation or just a, an onside kick and hey, no big deal because we got Will Ferrell to talk about hey, what was it like to do that NASCAR movie? You know, that's what people really want to know. And that's the thing. You know what, Pac-12. Nobody gets your station. The people that actually can see that game, they want to see the game. Yeah. Right. I, I think it was that – because remember there was last week you described to me a ridiculous play where it was like like kick attempt yes. block <laughs> off a person. Like imagine if that's happening and then they're interviewing Gronk and people are like, what's happening? Yeah. No, even Gronk's no like, what's happening on the field? I don't even Oh, no, I didn't see that. But let me tell you, Jed Fish is awesome, guys. He's <laughs> just awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right. My next one, I've got a pair here. It's for both sides of um, that Miami-Virginia debacle. Miami, you know, congratulations, Mario. We found the unlock for your team. It's facing an opponent that is equally horribly coached and even less talented. Now, it takes you four overtimes to beat them. 
But hey, we found the secret sauce. That's what you need to do. You probably need to move your team down to Conference USA at this point. They got there. Like, I mean, it took a long time. <laughs> they got there. Yeah. My, my, um, I never ever thought a plus 2.5 was going to be like a great angle. But again, it takes Mario to make me realize these, these hidden gems like that. Yeah. Like, I, that's actually such a, I was going to make that point. I was going to, when we bring a time over, I was like, congrats on, on being the only team ever to ca ca cash plus two and a half by a half point. Because, like, I never thought of it before, but, like, two and a half in college football actually matters because if it goes into the two point, like, that actually gets you a win in, in like, after the three overtime in three over yeah. overtimes, so because you physically can't lose, or well, I you get... pointed out to me the pick six or the scoop and score, yeah, which might happen once a once a decade. No, I think I think if, I think the way it's cause oh, it'd be is, two points. Yeah, no, yeah, so only, you, yeah. But I'm not sure if, if you score a two point, is it count as a two it. point for you? It would, but no, no. So, okay, so say. It's a pass or a fumble or whatever. So you inter someone yeah. gets intercepted in the end zone, yeah, and they run it back. Like the defense gets two points. So then theoretically, so if so then but theoretically, if they do that to take the lead, you're not going to get the ball. So the the maximum you can win or lose by is two in that so, okay, in so the if third you have overtime. The ball first, then they yeah. you, you get negative two points because they score. The game's over. If you don't score, then they score. That's two. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, no, it no here's the thing. Okay, let's say Virginia Virginia scores, which is highly unlikely, but just humor me, okay? So and Virginia's then, up by two. Yeah. Then Miami throws a pick six. <coughs> Virginia should just fall down, but because they are horribly, horribly coached too, they would run it back and they could go up by four. four. I get, but I, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure if the way it's, because I think they worded it a weird way where, like, it's only a, either a successful or an unsuccessful. Like, you can't have, because on a normal two-point play, you can run it back for two. But yeah. I think the way they've 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 written the rule book, it's either unsuccessful or unsuccessful, so you can't score it back. Because like that, it, when you're playing, when you're when you're in overtime in college football, if your team has the ball first, you in that overtime you can't. If you have like a plus seven or something, you can't lose because either you score, which point it covers, or they get an interception and bring it back, or like they they get a pick six back, and then the the problem is if you have the ball second, if you have the ball second. Theoretically, you can lose yeah. a plus seven. But you know who could clear this up is basically any ref besides the one that did the USC at Arizona game. I would trust. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> that's any... the one guy who would get it wrong. <laughs> yeah, we gotta we gotta get up an official rules because like this is this is things I think about right. Like if you have like an eight and a half, you're like in in overtime you're mostly safe, but like you're not completely safe. Because like theoretically they could like because if you if you, if you have the ball second they score then they could get a pick six and then you lose right but if you have the ball yeah. first you're safe but see the trick is because in in culture ball it alternates right so like yes. if you have the ball for the first overtime first then you have it second for the second overtime so that's why like if you actually have the ball second in the first overtime if you score the game's over like you you will no matter what you will cover the the eight seven or eight right so. Yeah. You'll cover an eight, so. But yeah, no. Again, I cannot believe. Like, I never thought I'd see the day when it's like a two and a half was like an insurmountable point spread. <laughs> I yeah. like, again, and and I remember I said this last week, and I literally said, uh, you know, like we keep betting against Miami on the spread, and like, like they, they it kept coming down, like twenty five against Middle Tennessee, it was like nine against Duke, like two and a half. 
there's not a lot of ways you can you can win the game but not cover two and a half. But they found they found they, one yeah, to their, to they their did. credit. Yeah. Miami found a way to do it. They they far surpassed my expectations. So so good on them. Very resourceful. And I gotta say also, that was my first time of seeing a lot of Virginia this year. Um just the fact that you're only a two and a half point favorite over that team is just embarrassing. I don't care that you're you're down to your backup quarterback. He was highly re- he was highly recruited, Jake Garcia. Um, honestly, SEC programs might fire a guy for being only a two and a half point favorite against that Virginia team. It it's just it's before the game. They're just like, no. <laughs> yeah, the line. You know what? Yeah, let's just see how Circa opens this game, and um, that'll determine if we keep Mario another week. Could you, um, yeah, that'd be so funny. They're like, be like, I'm sorry, coach. It's bad news. We're only two and a half points favored against Virginia. You're gone. I'm sorry. We just can't. Be like, yeah, but I can beat them. Like, no, I'm sorry. We're not gonna give. We you can't the take that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> not even um, give the chance to beat them. It's like I could beat them by more. Than it's like, nope. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're gone. Well, he did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the other side, Tony Elliott. I kind of think I've seen enough. You know, he was an offensive coordinator. His offense should not be just that embarrassing. It's not just inept, just somehow they got into the red zone a few times and the play calling was just, I'm not one who really likes to, to question play calling, um, but he really has made me rethink that position. What just a horrible, horrible defense or offense, just absurd. It, I don't want to tell people to try to watch it because there's really no highlights to watch, Um I don't know what to do. I can't let people see it with their own eyes in good conscience and just just waste that much of a day. But man, I've I just I can't see how an offensive guy with that kind of offensive philosophy is going to be successful. And he actually their defense is actually pretty good. He, you know, here's the thing. He hired Air Force's defensive coordinator and it makes sense. His offensive coordinator is a position coach that he hired away from the NFL. Good job. You can see what that does. And remember, their quarterback was like a top 10 guy last season. Now he's horrible. Um, Armstrong, it, that can't help recruiting either. It, yeah, I, it, it's not going to work out for him. So I don't know if you want to defend Tony Elliott or just tell me to be patient. No, not particularly. Both Virginias <laughs> have sucked this year. Like, honestly, yeah. both like Virginia and Virginia Tech have been really – like. They've been okay in the past. Like they, Virginia actually had a pretty good season last year, and Virginia Tech was like okay, but like man, this year has just been really brutal for both of them. And like the, there was talk, I think earlier. I mean, there was with conference realignment, obviously crazy stuff was being talked about. But like we were talking about the Virginias moving to like the SEC, or like that's not happening anymore. <laughs> like this is the thing; they're not being. I mean, again, obviously things change in college football, but like just such a horrible year for for both of them it's just absolutely brutal yeah i met mike elko of the of the three new acc coaches by far and away the best of those three so far mm-hmm. okay my next narduzzi buck metrics is giving a narduzzi to buck metrics why would i do that um before the season we were talking about we were going through some candidates. You got to Hendon Hooker, and I poured enough cold water on that water on that idea to just kind of stop you in your tracks. And he's now even money to win the Heisman with my guy. I don't know what your guy has. It's about even, yeah. Yeah. So great job by me. I know so much about college football. I talked you off of even considering what was he like 
50 or 60. I think it was 60 to 1. Something like that. It's The thing of it is, I'm not that concerned about it because right now, and there are some eerie parallels to Hendon Hooker Heisman this year versus Matt Corral Heisman last year mm. because he got down to like even, I think. He was even. He was either even or very close to even. And then they got blown out by Bama, and then it just dissolved. It just evaporated. And I I suspect we might see that this year. Like, I don't... <laughs> like, the thing is, if they lose to Georgia, which I, I have Georgia beating them, somewhat, I have them about a couple, like a score, at least over, over a score, at least better. They beat them. Then, what, does C.J. Stroud go back? To, like, again, it's so... Heisman is such a stupid award, and we bet on it because... It, like, we bet on it as being stupid. Like, we bet on it being stupid, right? Like, we don't bet on these people sitting here being like, well, this guy's EPA per play. Like, they don't do that. No one cares. Like, these people don't care about it. The way we bet on it is we bet on these people being functionally idiots who have no idea what they're talking They're like, oh, that guy looked... Like, no, that's not how this works. But for them, that's how it works for them, right? They're like, oh, man, Tennessee's having a great year. And to be fair, no, I, this is not a criticism of Hedden Hooker, right? He's been a great quarterback this year, 100%. But, like, the only reason that he's getting that is because right now Tennessee is on a glide path to the number one overall seed if they beat... If, I mean, they're not even favored against Georgia right now. So, like, I feel like him being the favorite is, is basically pricing in him having an amazing game against Georgia, which the bookmakers are not factoring that in. I feel like there's just a lot of Hendon Hooker money they have to they have to basically compensate for. And, like, the reason he's so favorite is because people are like, man, he looks really good. And, yeah, he does look really good, but what if Georgia shuts him down? What if Georgia beats him by 14... If Georgia beats him by 14 points by completely shutting him down, then he's, like, 8-1 to one to win the Heisman, right? Yeah. Then he, yeah. he had a really good game against Bama and two good games against some other SEC teams. But then he's just going to get passed over, and then that's when you start. That's when you again, Blake Corum. If he, if like, if Blake Corum rushes for three touchdowns against Ohio State, then that, and then they beat Ohio State, and eliminate that'll eliminate CJ Stroud because again, that's how the Heisman works. If you lose a game, you're out. So like, it's so stupid. But that's that's how this award works. It's 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 such an unbelievably way, stupid way to give an award to someone, but that's how it works. So. Yeah. Okay. You're being very kind. Um, <laughs> I still, I still blew that one. I, I um, mean, here's the thing. I, would I would I love to be having a head and hooker ticket right now? Yes, but I don't, and I'm I'm okay. I'm at peace with that. I think I, that's not a big deal. I at this point, I probably should. Well, I, I'm just gonna bet Georgia money line, I mean, Tennessee money line. I'm, the the way to hedge that out now is yeah. you can get Tennessee money line about two to two to two something, two point five, three to one, give or take. The way to hedge it out is just to bet tenancy money line this weekend. That's how you hedge out basically any Heisman bet. If they win, he wins the Heisman. If they, which is again a really stupid way to give a Heisman to someone, but fine. If they lose, then he doesn't get the Heisman, which is again another really stupid way to give out a Heisman. But like again, it's just it. That's how this award works. It's it's so stupid, so unbelievably stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, predicting dumb people voting kind of sounds like your other job too, doesn't it? The thing is, I would I would much rather project an election than project Heisman because it's so based on like the look, and you have to price in like like for for an election, you're like, oh, people are voting this way because of like X reason. We we get polls of that and stuff, but like for this reason, it's so like it's like because again, literally, it's if he wins this game, he wins the Heisman. 
which is not yeah. how an objective award should be. Like, this is like the best player in college football should not be decided whether or not someone beats Georgia this weekend. Like, that's literally what we're, that's, that's what this game is this weekend, right? This game is, do we give the Heisman to Hendon Hooker? Yes, no. And yes, right now is either one plus 100 or plus two something on, on the Tennessee money line, right? That's, mm-hmm. and it's, it's insane that that's the decision. That's how this game works, right? Does if, if he beats Georgia, he gets the Heisman. If he doesn't, then he doesn't get the Heisman. And that's it is that is by far the worst ever way to give a Heisman to someone. Or there any, might be any... a middle ground where he's awesome and they barely lose. Um, but does that happen? I well, that's you're getting where... to like very specific scenarios now. I think that's why they're not priced the same. Yeah, that's probably Fair. like it's like. I don't see their price in it as like a hundred. Well, like I don't even know what the difference between a hundred and like I don't know what the difference, like what the probability is between like plus two fifty to one hundred. Like what that? That's probably what twenty percent, give or take, something like that. Well, yeah, like yep. that's yeah, like yeah, about twenty yeah, percent yeah. chance. So that twenty percent yeah. chance is like Hendon Hooker throws for five touchdowns, and they lose like what 40 to 35 something like something that, yeah. like that that's yeah. that's what that's where that's why the proposed prices are not the same but so even this is then go ahead yeah but even then i still don't think they do it because that's that's how this that's why this is so stupid because they're just not going to do that then but. so to make the intersection of um math nerdery and sports betting official could we say that betting hendon hooker to win the Heisman on one side, and then Tennessee plus the points is basically playing for a middle. Did I get that right? Is that how that would work? I guess. Yeah, like if Tennessee loses by six, maybe you're going to hit both. <laughs> right? Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, I think it's eight right now. So, like, if Tennessee loses by a touchdown, they lose by a field goal. They lose by a field goal or middle. a touchdown, then you'd get both. Yeah. But the problem is then, what if it's like twenty? Then you lose both, right? Yeah, well, it's a middle. It's a, um, it's a middle, yeah. Uh, okay, no, yeah. To your point, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Yep. Okay. But it's it's so weird. And again, this is why, like, I I have a love hate relationship with some of these awards. Like, when I hit them and it's great, I love them. And but when I I make a really smart play on them, and then for some BS reason they lose, I get really mad. Like last year with Rookie of the Year, when it was. I thought it was going to be Mac Jones. Now again, I was not, I did not was not thinking that Mac Jones was the greatest quarterback ever. I just thought he was generally he's going to quarterbacks and he was the best quarterback last year in the NFL. Then Jamar Chase had a game where he re- where he caught like I don't know like 200 yards receiving, and they're like, oh, let's give it to him now. Like it was basically like <laughs> Mac Jones had a bad game against the Dolphins. Jamar Chase was had 200 yards receiving. They're like, oh, okay, let's just give it to Jamar now. I'm like, just what? Like That's, that, huh? <laughs> that was literally what happened, and I'm just like, what? And then last year with Brady, Brady was like the MVP for most of last year. And then he had a bad game against, they lost against the Saints. He didn't throw for a single passing touchdown. And they're like, all right, I guess it's Aaron Rodgers now. And I'm just like, what? How do you like, I think the way you play these awards is you just like, you pick on someone who, you pick someone who like has a better chance of going up. That's why I love the Blake Corum and the Max Dugan plays. Mm -hmm. And then you just continually hedge that out. You just constantly are like, who else could potentially upset this? Like, who is that? Who is that dark horse somewhere? And you get them out. Like, you get the. You start picking off dark horses like fifty to one, eighteen to one. Like, you pick off dark horses like that. And that's how you. That's how you win this award. Yep, I agree. 
Okay, one more. Um, my last Narduzzi is, again, for Arizona defensive coordinator Johnny Nansen. Um, just repeat, repeat uh, appearance here by Johnny Nansen. So Arizona forces one USC punt all game, and this is even though USC was without – it's by far top two wide receivers, Jordan Addison and Mario Williams, and they still got over nine yards per pass attempt. That is an awesome defense you've got there, Arizona. Well done. Yeah, this Arizona defense is so clearly holding it back. Like, that's clearly the main thing to holding this Arizona team back, and it's just, it's sad to see it because this Arizona team has been fun yeah. all year. And, I mean, if that Arizona defense is better, they beat, they could potentially have beaten USC. Absolutely. I mean, and that was the spot. It's like the road game and like you got a bunch of key guys hurt. Oh, they, they lost their, their top offensive lineman was out too. Yeah. Um, yeah. You could have beaten USC. You could have beaten Washington. They only lost by 10 to Washington as well. Um, like there are games that they really could have won. And the fact that, and again, they're three and five, not out of a bowl shot, not out of a shot for a bowl yet. But you got three games left: Utah, UCLA, Washington State, Arizona State. So possible, but you're gonna, gonna pull need, off one upset. You're yeah. gonna need an upset there, and they could do it. But like, if this this team was a lot deserves a lot better than not a bowl, and like that, it's sad because this team is like really fun to watch and has been a really good team all year. Really great offense. They deserve more than not a bowl, and hopefully, I I really hope they'll get that. So we'll see. Yeah. All right. So those are my my Narduzzi's. Okay, so on to our deeper dive for the path to the playoff. Now, before you talk about the path to the playoff, I will quickly, for our viewers here, say the college football rankings. We've talked a little bit about but I'm going to give the full rankings here just for everybody listening. So, 1 Tennessee, 2 Ohio State, 3 Georgia, 4 Clemson. That rounds off the playoff. Now, as I've said this before, the next ones are obviously the next ones out, but to be honest... Michigan is five, but I, and as I said before, the way to think about this, or at least the way I think about this is when you're looking at the, the teams ahead of you, if two teams are ahead of you and they're going to, they have to play, you're basically at least one spot higher. So for example, yes, Michigan is five, but Georgia and Georgia and Tennessee are one and three. So basically one of those teams will have to play each other. So I, I'd consider Michigan as a top four team based off of that. Now that is not true. They're not a top four team, but they're functionally a top four team at this point. Six, Alabama. Seven, TCU. Good for them. Eight, Oregon at seven and one. Nine, USC at seven and one. Ten, LSU at six and two. Great. Good for them. Eleven, Ole Miss, the most fraudulent eight and one team ever. UCLA at 12. Kansas State at 13. Utah at 14. Penn State at 15. 16, Illinois. Below Penn State is a choice. North Carolina at 17. Oklahoma State at 18. Tulane at 19. Syracuse at 20. Wake Forest at 21, NC State at 22, Oregon State at 23, Texas at 24, and then UCF rounding us off at 25. So, what are your let's let's hear your deeper dive about the path to the playoff here. All right, so what I I did this before the rankings came out, but they're pretty much backed up by the rankings. I got a list of the teams that I thought um if they win out, they have a valid claim to the to a playoff bid. Um, the thinking is between, as you said, you know, between Tennessee, Georgia, Ohio State, and Michigan, 
they have to play each other. I could see a scenario easily where one of those teams that loses and doesn't get to the conference title game gets a bid, but definitely not two. So I think that there's going to be a valid path for any of these other teams that wins out um, to actually claim a right to a playoff berth. And I've done them from least to most likely. Let me just make sure I'm pulling this up right. So least likely, a couple of these are obvious, but if they do win out, they will get a bid. I think LSU, even with two losses, if they win out and they're SEC champions, and especially with that, I guess we call it fluky loss to begin the season against Florida State, I could, I think they could probably get a bid. Um, Ole Miss, like you said, you know, they're a fraudulent one-loss team. Um, again, with the games they have coming up, and again, if they make it all the way through one losses, SEC championship team, um, they would have a claim as well. Now, LSU, I've got as a 1.9% chance of going undefeated. Ole Miss is a 2.9% chance. Um, not a lot going on there. Those are pretty remote. Not that these other ones have great probabilities, but they're a lot more. My next one is actually North Carolina. Just one loss. Um, what were they like? 12? I've got like four monitors open here. They lost to Notre Dame. What's that? They, UNC lost to Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what are they ranked right now? Um, uh, I think they're... 17. There we go. Yeah, yeah, Sorry. Yeah, so I've got them as 5.7% chance to win out. Um, you know, weirdly, and this is where I want to just throw my model out the window. I have them as a coin flip with Virginia, which kind of makes me <laughs> upset with that whole rant I had about Mario and Virginia and all this and how bad they are. But what's interesting is I have them as a coin flip with Clemson. So if they can actually, I think they, they should win the rest of their regular season games. I have them as a coin flip with Clemson. So there are just, you know, between Virginia and Wake Forest and Clemson, they have three that are basically coin flips. Um, so that basically, you know, really impedes their chances. But before you, you go on there one second, I will just also add, I also weirdly have them as a coin flip with Virginia. On my model too. Yeah, I this is when that, I don't like football as much that, as I used to. <laughs> if you're a UNC fan, uh, danger. <laughs> I'm yeah. not. I'm not touching that. But danger. Well, that, if if we're both saying, "Hey, that's weird that we have that." Yeah. Danger. Watch out this weekend. <laughs> Virginia's defense is for real, but man, they're just overall they're not a good team. Okay, yeah, thank you for pointing that out, though. Oregon, I've got a 6.3% chance. Um, they've got a pretty much a gimme, 80% uh, win probability against Colorado, but they do have to play at Utah. And I have them as like the least, how do I say? I have them as a definite step below Oregon and UCLA. They'd be a dog in that game as well as in Utah. So that's where they're, you know, they're undone. They're at a 6.3% chance. TCU, um, I've got them at 7.0% chance. Um, you know, I have them as a walkover against Texas Tech, but I don't know if you've taken a look at this. I have them as a dog to Texas, unfortunately. Um, kind of hard to believe. Mm. I do not have them as a dog to Texas, I don't think. Okay. I don't, let me check. Uh, but that is, the, so I, I saw that. Um, I looked on, on, ESPN and they randomly have somehow have a spread 
in that game. They have a spread of, of, of TCU plus seven, which my first question was, where can I bet TCU plus seven against Texas? I have TCU minus six. Wow. Okay. Week. That's my look ahead line for next week. So, and like, again, if, if some, I mean, obviously I'll probably get a chance to bet TCU plus seven next, next weekend when that line comes live. But like, yeah, give, uh, maybe not if, if, if Texas loses to Kansas state, but if I could bet TCU plus seven, I would do it in a heartbeat. So. I honestly don't even know if it matters if Texas loses. It just seems like the market doesn't care. I think the market, like, I think it's partly the market. The market definitely is propping up because there is a legion of Texas fans who are like, we will bet on them no matter what. And also there is like, I, I'd assume a good part of it is like the, the betting models for the sports books. They're just like, this team is just good. Like what, what are they doing? Like this team is better than this. Like I, I think it's a mixture of both. Um, but like Hudson, like, but I, I honestly think that they really like the reason we get great lines when betting against Texas is because of, um, is because there's just so many Tex Texas is such a popular team. They always need Texas. Like until, unless they played, unless the time they played Alabama, Mm-hmm. But outside of that, I think Texas is just such a popular team that there really is – there's always money coming in on Texas no matter what. So Fair. And I, I also have TCU as a dog to Kansas State on a neutral field. Small dog, but I actually have Kansas State a little bit of a favorite there. Interesting. Well, they beat them already, so that – no, no. They, yeah, they beat them already, so that doesn't really matter. But Yeah, although Kansas State really raced out to a big lead too, so it's not like – No, it's like – I can see that being a coin flip, coin flip either way. I, I do think though that like 7% for TCU to be undefeated does seem a little low. Last week, my book was offering TCU plus 165 over 10.5 wins, which I thought was insane. Um, it's down really? like t- like 10.5. They could still lose like one game. They could lose to Texas and still cover that. Yeah. Um, so I bet that – now it's still live again on my book for plus 120, which is still, I think, kind of insane. Um, less, I less, I like it less at plus 120, but I, I have my bet at plus 165, so I'll probably hold with that. But yeah, like I love that bet, like because there's nothing else scary, like outside of Texas, there's nothing really that scary on this TCU schedule to end the season. No, no, I mean I have Iowa State as a walkover too. I was talking in part one about how much I like their defense, but I just don't think they're going to be able to score even with a muted. TCU attack, if that's yeah. what it comes to. Because it's Texas Tech this week, then Texas, then Baylor, then Iowa State. Yep. And, like, they can lose one of those. And, like, yeah. I, I, I think they beat Texas. And at that point, if they beat Texas, they just have to beat one of Baylor and Iowa State and Texas Tech, obviously. I think those are those are very doable. I think that's a very doable thing. I agree. All right. This next one is my favorite because they've just made money for me all year, and people still don't believe in them. Illinois, 7.9%. And the reason I like this, aside from a great story that we've had so far, is there's an awesome story developing. So they have four regular season games left. Three of them, I have them with more than a 93% chance to win. Hosting Michigan State, what's left of Michigan State. Hosting Purdue, which is surprising but not surprising given how good Illinois' defense is. And then at Northwestern to end the season. In between, they've got at Michigan. I can very much see a scenario with two games left. You have ten and one, or ten and yeah, it'll be nine and one Illinois with a shot. Literally, literally at that point, what are they right now in the in the standings? I think they're like eleventh, sixteenth. I that's a bit. They should be higher than Pennsylvania. They should that's... be higher. That stupid loss at Indiana, which wasn't a loss, and we'll get into like you know gripes with the the. Hopefully, there's a fresh look taken at that, and they get moved up, but. They might 
smell blood, I guess, is the way I would put it. And since there's a, really a chance to do something greater here, maybe Michigan gets a little bit of a panic. Um, this would be an awesome story, especially you know if they do have walk, you know if they do execute the walkovers in their next two games, and then you know they find a way versus Michigan and then Northwestern. At that point, the championship game would be against Ohio State. Now I have them as a as a large dog there. That would be interesting. Um, the by far best offense in the country against the by far best defense in the country. That would be sneaky, really fun. Best of not just best, but best and most emblematic of the West against, you know, the best the best team in the Big Ten. Um, I think the best storylines will go through Illinois if they if they kind of don't don't screw up here. How crazy would it be if you see if Illinois were to beat Michigan in the second last week of the season, mm-hmm. and then Michigan beats Ohio State? Could you imagine? Like how that would create so much chaos. Illinois would want that. Would not want that. I don't. Well, I don't know. Would they want to say face Ohio State or face a Michigan? Have to beat Michigan twice. That's an interesting question. Well, what that would cause insane chaos because then who would get that? Would, that's what T, That's the future TCU wants. TCU is like, yes, give us that future. Um, yeah, that's what. Yeah, exactly. Because then that basically guarantees. That's what the Pac-12 would want too. Yeah, but then you need someone. You need someone. You need a heat-seeking missile to take out Clemson. And that could be either Notre Dame or North Carolina. So yeah, that's a possibility. It's interesting. It's it's interesting. We'll have to see what this. Uh, we'll have to see that that could be a very fun game in the uh, in this in the weekend before rivalry week. So yeah, that could be an exciting game. Absolutely. Um, let me see next here. Okay. Uh, Next, I've got USC, and somehow I lost my detail. Oh, there it is. Sorry. USC at 10.0%. Um, you know, again, they've got, interesting, three games that are they're pretty going to be, I have them as pretty solid favorites against Cal, hosting Colorado, and I actually have them as a pretty significant favorite against Notre Dame. I've got them with a 71% win probability. Um. The problem is I have UCLA ranked higher and even if they beat UCLA, I guess if they beat UCLA, they would knock out. This is where it gets tricky. I guess if they beat UCLA, they would probably face Utah or Oregon. So those are all about coin flippish. I'd have them a smaller, I'd have a, a, a decently, maybe like a field goal favorite against Oregon, have them a small, small dog to UCLA. Um, but interesting, you know, kind of like a less charming, exciting um, path, you know, but with three kind of solid favorite games there and one tough one, very similar to the Illinois scenario. Yeah. Uh, next one, Clemson, just a little bit higher at 10.4%. Um, but I've got them, interesting, two coin flips here. I have them a coin flip against Notre Dame this week and a coin flip in the conference championship game against North Carolina. Um, you know, it's these conference title games, which really um, are the ones that, that really make it tough. Um, you know, other than that, they've got pretty easy games against, well, I don't know, easy games against Miami and South Carolina. Um, I've got them as a solid favorite against Louisville, but we talked about in part one, you know, 
it depends if Louisville is on or off their meds since they're just all over the place. That's the uh, that's the Mario Cristobal saves jobs saves his job game. They just destroy Clemson. Yeah. Um, tell you what, if if you can't find a number you like with your book, just talk to me. I'll I'll take your action on that one. <laughs> well, what what is that number going to be? It's at Clemson. It's three scores. Yeah, let me think. I mean, I wouldn't take Miami unless I was getting like at least twenty-four. Wow. Probably closer. I'd be like twenty-seven. Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking. Yeah, a little over. Yeah, like twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two around there, probably. Um. All right, ahead of Clemson, UCLA at eleven point one percent. Um, you know they've got. I have them favorites in all the rest of their regular season games. Small one against USC. Um, and probably just a coin flip. A little bit small favorite in the conference title game, especially if they beat USC. You know, I've got them probably a field goal to, to six better than Utah and um, <clears throat> Oregon. You know, the regular season is pretty kind. At Arizona State, and then they host Arizona. You know, we've talked about, I, I, I can't even imagine what UCLA would do that horrible or Arizona defense. My gosh. And then finishing up at Cal, who's just, you know, we talked about in part one, Cal just doesn't have it this year at all. Uh, UCLA at 11.1%. And then, not surprisingly, the favorite in this group, because they do need to win out, they cannot lose another game, is Alabama. 17.6%. Um, um, they've got, <laughs> they actually have four, I think, regular season games left, but one of them is, I think, Mercer, or, you know, one of those weekend off before the big game games um they're favored in the rest of the regular season games i've got them 90 percent over auburn which is probably low i've got them a dog to tennessee and georgia the thing that is interesting is i would probably favor them going outside of metrics against tennessee because i don't like the chance of anybody to beat nick saban twice in a season um i think if you're reading against alabama you want georgia to win since i think georgia's got a much, much better chance to be at Alabama in the national title or the conference title game. So the last piece of math here is I'm showing that there is at least a, how do I say this? There is a chance, a 57% chance of at least one of these teams going undefeated. So we're definitely not locked into the, that top four it's hard to see those top four if we kind of, you know, if we put Michigan where they belong, and we'll get to that in a second. You're going to see at least one of these teams, um, maybe more than one, having a legitimate shot at at a, at a playoff bid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I the LSU of those is kind of the more interesting one, I would say, um, because I think it's it's kind of like a fascinating case of like if they were to beat Alabama, because the thing is their second loss, they have two losses, right? Their one loss was to, um, they, they lost to Florida state, obviously. And then they lost to who else did they lose to someone in the sec. Wasn't it? Who, who was the second loss for, for LSU? Yeah. They got crushed by Tennessee. 
Tennessee, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the thing is, one conference <clears throat> loss is fine because if you beat the other team in your division, you have the tiebreaker, right? So they both mm-hmm. lost to Tennessee. So, and again, Alabama does play LSU this week. If LSU were to win that game, like, I now I don't have it. I have Alabama as covering the spread from my model, but I would not be surprised to see LSU cover or win the game, honestly. I'm not, I'm not touching it. I, do, I, I would yeah. root for LSU, though, but I'm not touching it, though. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's fascinating. I, that could be a really interesting... If, if LSU were to win, again, that would completely mess up, because right now Alabama is sixth. That If they were to beat them, that would knock them out. Then all of a sudden, TCU's up there. TCU's at six. And then again, this is where Max Dugan's Heisman comes in, right? Because if Georgia were, if, if Georgia were to beat... If Georgia beats Tennessee, and then LSU beats Bama, suddenly, ten like uh, TCU is like fifth somehow, and then all of a sudden Dugan is like what ten to one, like especially if they, yeah, if they crush Texas I, Tech. It could be. I kind of think there might be a little lag in the market. I don't know. It just seems like there might or there might be like almost like a governor on just how low he can go oh until it's until he, like it until like the path is like blown open for him so if he shreds texas's defense that's when it's like okay he's five to one now it's something just yeah headline grabbing interesting yeah that's good that's a good point i, I kind of agree with that anything else for the deep dive there or nope nope i'll throw it to you for your part okay so that yeah so now uh, yeah, we'll now do. Well, I think that that was a pretty deep, deep dive for everybody. Yeah. Kind of talked about uh, both ends of that. Now I think we're going to talk about our p- official podcast place here. So uh, seven and four last week, thirty-two and twenty-four in the season. Uh, basically, Buckmetrics carried us last week. I had some really bad bounces, literally bad bounces in terms of the Arizona uh, State, Colorado. But the it's weird because again, I I endorsed a lot of. Uh, of the uh, of Buck, Bucks plays and they they were amazing. A lot of them were also plays I would have I would have considered as well. And also the the combined model plays were amazing last week again four and one last week as well. So yeah, it's weird. It's like my, my model like the, the my official plays were like one and four and then like I had like an amazing weekend betting. It's so weird. Like but that happens sometimes, right? Though it's it's such a weird, um, it's sometimes fluke, sometimes not fluke. So. All right, so into my, for my podcast plays, I'm going to go for my first game. I'm going to not avoid the temptation to bet another weekend game again. And I'm going to pick Oregon State versus Washington. I'm going to pick Oregon State plus three and a half. I might even put a little bit on the money line there against Washington. I kind of think this Oregon State team is for real, is like legit for real. And that this Washington team is is basically kind of a one-dimensional passing offense with Michael Penix Jr. And I, I kind of think that because it's so one-dimensional, I think that this Oregon State team is going to be able to have... They're going to be able to take advantage of it. This defense is solid, right? This defense was the defense that was able to bottle up... Um, they were able to bottle up um, Caleb Williams. Um, they, yeah, were, they, they, they lost to Utah, right? But they came close to beating Utah, if I remember correctly. Um they last second clutch against Stanford. I actually, I actually have Oregon State favorite here. I really don't. My model does not like this Washington team anymore, and I'm more than happy to to take the points with Oregon State. Okay. Uh, yeah, cannot disagree with that one. My first one is 
going into the whole mystery of Jack Sapolek and one of the Bourguet brothers, I'm going to go with Bowling Green minus three and a half. Um, I've got this not even close. Western Michigan's offense is just a disaster. Um, Bowling Green's okay. I, I've got this closer to like, I think like about, I don't know. I don't have this as necessarily close. And this is a dual model play as well. I had this definitely tagged them before I saw your model plays. So um, Bowling Green giving three and a half at home. Nice. Yeah. I will also, for my second play, we're going to, we're going to endorse the, uh, the variances, the variance of one of our favorite SEC teams, Florida, Florida plus three and a half at Texas A&M. So, this one's a little dangerous because Texas A&M's rookie quarterback came out and had an amazing game, um, but I I don't think that's replicate that that's you can replicate that Florida's defense. Although they gave up a lot of points to Georgia, Georgia's actually pretty good, and they actually scored a decent amount of points against Georgia, which was actually relatively surprising. I thought that one could be something like we could have been looking at like a thirty-five nothing or thirty-five ten game there, but Anthony Richardson did things. He did some things. So yeah. I, I think this Florida team could be Texas A&M. Um, Texas A&M has been a problem spot for Florida the last couple of years, but like we're getting points, and I, I'll, I'll take those points all, all day against, against this Texas A&M team that I do not think is that particularly good. Yeah, I've got that, um, I've got that line pretty much right on. Um, I think Florida was the first conference opponent for Texas A&M back when they first joined the, uh, the SEC. Uh, my next game, TCU giving, I think this has actually come down to like nine now, right? Yeah, it has. Yeah, even better. Um, against Texas Tech. I don't know if there's a TCU injury that I'm not aware of. Well, it's nine I, and a half, so it's not that big of a deal. Okay. Um, I, I don't see this one as close. Just two different teams in two totally different places. My model doesn't have this close either. I've got a big TCU TCU win in this one, which is a bit like like twenty five points for TCU, which I I, kind, I could see that, but I don't know. This Texas Tech defense is just not particularly good, and it's again a mystery yeah. how they beat Texas. So, uh, yeah, just just is it is it is that a mystery? Well, okay, there's, there's nobody involved. <laughs> not a complete mystery, somewhat known mystery, but still a, a confusing result. Uh, my next play I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with our uh, our, Ari- our Arizona Wildcats there, plus 17 and a half at Utah. Again, this ha- they have an offense, and Utah's offense, like defense, was not particularly great. That was a weird game against Washington State. It was such a weird game. I something's off. Cameron Rising didn't start. I, I'm not sure if he's actually injured or he's out for a couple of weeks. I'm not sure. Uh, I'd assume this line, had, 17 and a half, would have him back. But like this Arizona team is able to keep pace with anybody. Their defense is bad, and can't and Utah will be able to put up some points more so than they were able against Washington State. But like this Arizona team is just good enough fundamentals; they're due to win a, a game at some point. And I think this Utah team is is not as for real as we thought they were. So give me give me Arizona here. Yeah, I agree. Um, <clears throat> my next one: uh, Oklahoma State at Kansas. Kansas is last I saw getting three and a half. It's down to two now. Okay. Um, yeah, I I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that I had Oklahoma State as the worst team in the Big 12. I think they've clawed their way up to, I think, eighth best. Um, 
you know, even if Jalen Daniels isn't back, um, I think there's enough of Jason Bean in the numbers to make this a, a justifiable play. Um, I'm going to bet at money line too. I've got Kansas pretty pretty handily here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This Oklahoma State team has been so weird. I think they're – what are they ranked? They're ranked 18th in the, in yes. the, in the rankings. It's, it, they're crazy high in the rankings. It's so weird. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, such, a, such, a high, uh, such a high ranking there. It's pretty crazy. Um, I, I, I don't think they're that good. I, I, I can't wait for Kansas to come back because they, they've, they've lost the, – well, they were all going to buy last week, I believe – they haven't covered the last two weeks, but they've come cl- really close. And I believe they're getting the fact that it's moved past the key number means they're probably getting Jalen Daniels back. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I'm I'm happy to see this. And again, Kansas is I think only a winner. I think like one or two wins away from a playoff berth, uh, not playoff berth, a post po- a, a bowl game, a bowl game basically. So yeah, yeah, they're one win. They're five and three right now. So if they get one more win. They go. They get to go bowling, and I'm excited to see Kansas in a bowl game this year. So yes, absolutely. And also Kansas at Texas in the second last game. Again, it's just gonna. That's gonna be an amazing. I can't wait for that game. That's gonna be a. But like, what's the what's the spread in that game? Like, it's gonna like it's gonna be what Texas minus ten or something. It's gonna be something ridiculous. Kansas is gonna win. It's gonna be amazing. What's your What's your next play? Oh, sorry, my my next play's up. Um, I've got. I'm gonna go with. Uh, UCLA minus 18 and a half versus Arizona State. Is seems, that an 18 and a half? Is it? It seems it seems really high. Um, but It opened at like Oh, 10. sorry, 10 and a half. Sorry, my bad. 10 and a half. Sorry, 10 okay. And a half. Yeah, that's why. My bad. Spelt that one wrong. 10 and a half versus Arizona State. No, yeah, I'm going I'm going with uh I'm going with UCLA here. I just think they're a better team and you're only given like two touchdowns here. Apparently Emory Jones has either been benched or is is not very sick or something. So there's that the freshman. I just think UCLA is going to roll. And like, we'll see. This was the spread for for use. This is basically the final number of like this was this the basically the margin of UCLA versus Utah. And you're telling me that that Utah's like Arizona State is functionally equivalent to Utah? Like, no. I'm sorry. Give me a UCLA. Give me UCLA here. So we are against both of the Bourget brothers. Yeah, double double Bourget fade here. <laughs> um, I think yeah, this number's come down since. I'm all in on the Seminoles giving. I think it's like seven now. Is it actually seven? Man, yeah, at Miami, I I'm not gonna waste any more time making a case against Miami and Florida State. Florida State has been really creative in finding ways to lose games, um, but I, I, I can't think that this one's going to be close enough for them to screw up. Yeah, that's very fair. I uh, uh, let, me see, let me see if I can find this spread. I can't seem to find this game here. Is it a seven? Yes. Okay, seven and a half. It's seven and a half now. So you base, you're laying a full score. I don't. I I could see Florida State just rolling in this game. Um, this Miami team is just not good. And I can, can you see Miami scoring in this game? Double digits? I don't know. The thing is, again, we keep how like what? How many straight weeks have we? Any, how long have you been just betting against Miami on the on the, on the spread on the, yeah, for our podcast picks? Not long enough because they're winless against FBS against the number. Is it actually? I think I think I picked Middle Tennessee State. 
for plus twenty five and a half. Both and our I models think, had it, and I just didn't have the the guts yeah. to do it. And then I think yeah. since then you've just bet. You've every every week you've picked against Miami, and it's worked. It's it's been wow. an amazing pick. It's worked beautifully. So I can't take credit. Just this is one where the model just just knows better than what the market what the brand is. Yeah. Or yeah, is not. Makes sense. All right. Next up, I'm gonna go a Boise State minus seven and a half. Uh, BYU at Boise State. I'm gonna take Boise State minus seven and a half. I I just think this Boise State team is is rolling right now. They're really good. This BYU team just does not have it, and I think that, like, while they did lose to um, Boise, uh, BYU lost to East Carolina last week. That was a close game. I think Boise State, who actually like is is a really strong team and knows what they're doing, this is probably like famous last words, but like they may actually they might be able to roll here. So this BYU team is pretty. It seems beat up. Jaron Hall is not having a good year. He might be hurt or something. But yeah, let's go with Boise State here. Yeah, that's a good call. My model doesn't have that as a play, but I think that's be obviously because pre-firing the offensive coordinator, they're just a totally different team now. So mm-hmm. I definitely co-sign on that one. Um, <clears throat> my last play, I think we've alluded to it, um, Kansas State getting a point and a half. I don't know if that's still the number. Hosting Texas. Yeah, that is – It's I believe it's two and a half now. And, yeah, I'll take that as well. Anytime I get to fade Texas is a, is a good day. So yeah. I will take that. And uh, yeah, I, I like those as well. Uh, so what are your, uh, how are, how were your model plays last week? They were super, super, super solid uh, against the number four and one money line was three and two for a profit of 2.3 units. Unders. I played one for one and oh overs for the first time this season, two and oh, um, for the season, this is just one of those years where everything's fallen in place for the model. Um, just the ROI is insane. I will tweet out my model plays. Um, I don't know if I, I have a play tomorrow. Um, actually, that's the Western Michigan fade. Bowling Green tomorrow. I think everything else I'll tweet out on Thursday or Friday um, with the model plays. And that gets us to, speaking of model plays... The dual model plays where both yes. of our models say go. So four and one last week, twenty six and fourteen on the season. That is sixty five percent. I don't that, think anybody's amazing. gonna argue with that. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ohio, which is going right now. So, um, we both had as a play. I won't get into that since that'll be over by the time this drops. Well, I can I can give I can give an update about what's happening right now. So, okay. Uh, yes. You, you had them as so four and a half point right, I had them about seven point nine favorites. Yeah. You had them about 4.5 favorites. I'm actually, I retooled my model a bit, so I had them as a smaller favorite, but currently Ohio is winning by 21 points. So, oh my gosh. Yeah, so so good on there, and the, the spread was uh, Ohio plus three. Well, Buffalo minus three. They've, they've completely crushed them. Six minutes to go in the fourth. Uh, Buffalo has third and ten on their own 45. I think I think we're going to be okay on that one. Yeah. Um, but again, it is action. You never know, but I think we're going to, I think we're going to be okay. Yep. Um, Florida State over Miami. Just talked about this. I've got this as a 15 and a half points. You've got this as 19 points and seven point game. Pretty easy, straightforward play here. Next one, I'm going to play this one. I think money line. Um, Missouri is getting three at home. Don't know if that's moved. Surprisingly, um, we both have this um, with Missouri, you know, winning straight up. I've got them by six. You've got them by nine. That makes me 
I, I feel very good when I've got a number that just kind of doesn't line up with my perception. And then when you when you confirm that, I like that. So definitely going to play this money line. Yeah, let me uh, let me just call that one up super quick here. But yeah, it, when I first saw that number uh, on the look-aheads, I was like, such a weird. That's such a weird number. Um, but sure enough, uh, I when you when you do it. Uh, okay, I've got I do have Missouri favorite, just not as much now. I have Missouri closer to what you have now. Um, but yeah. It, when I saw that, I'm like, that's such a small, like, that's such a short favorite for a Kentucky team that people thought was good. And yeah, yeah sure enough, we have both have Missouri favorites. So it's such a, like, when you see a fishing line like that, like Kentucky minus three, you know something's up. Like, it's like, oh, they're playing like <laughs> one of the worst teams in the ACC and they're three point favorites. But I think yeah. people are just like, this Kentucky team is bad. And like, I think, like, Tennessee crushed them and like they beat Florida, which again looks worse now. But like, is this Kentucky team might be pretty fraudulent. When when are we gonna start talking about uh, uh Bob? Who's the who's the, the the head coach for Kentucky? Is Bob Stoops, right? Mark Stoops. Mark Stoops. Sorry, wrong wrong Stoops. When are we gonna talk about him? When is he when is he gonna be on the hot seat? He's gonna go to Auburn. <laughs> what are you talking about hot seat? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, failing upwards. There you go. Um. All right. Next one. We talked about this one. Kansas. I've got them as 15 points better. You've got them as nine points better. And somehow they're getting down to two and a half. Um, I think you said, but that's still a play. Yeah. TCU. Um, yeah, this is crazy. And I've got them three scores better than Texas Tech. Um, did you rerun this? You said, yeah, I've got 25. So, so okay. Yeah. It's, yeah. Very close to my number. Interesting. Do I dare make that a double unit play like I did in TCU? Broke our hearts against Oklahoma State. They won, but the screwed is, around for a half. It's so weird. And like if Texas Tech keeps it, like I'll, it's still a unit play, but like if Texas Tech keeps it competitive, like watch out. So I, I'm not the I'm not the biggest. I'm going to play it, but I'm not going to I'm not going to double up that one. You know what? It's the master of late game point spread awareness. I think I will double up. That's that is fair. I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. <laughs> Uh, this one, I although this is moved, uh, I think it's yeah, it's still a play. Uh, we mentioned this in at the beginning of this episode, I think. Um, UNLV at San Diego State. Um, San Diego State, I think now is giving six and a half. Um, I've got UNLV two and a half points better. You've got UNLV two points better. You does your number have it probably still has Friel or no it, it has Harrison Bailey at quarterback so it doesn't yeah. have Brumfield Brumfield is back so I think both our numbers are a little depressed here so that's definitely going to be a play for me. Yeah, give me UNLV there as well. I'll take that. Yeah, this next one I'm not sure what to do. UAB is getting one at home. I've got them 13 points better. You've got them 16 points better. My concern is Dylan Hopkins, like we said in part one, he's a top 10 quarterback, the UAB quarterback, but he's out. So I was going to just just pass on this one. But your numbers, you have that Zeno guy, um, Jared Zeno, I think is his name. You have him as, as, as the quarterback in the in the um, what you passed along to me. Mm-hmm. I and do. You, and I still have I still have you, UAB by 20. Yeah. I got to play this then. I, I, I'll play it then for sure. Yeah, it's especially a... if it's a big margin. They're not going to screw around and lose another one score game. Yeah, of course not. Right. Yeah. Like that's a... another another one score game loss. No, we'll, we'll have to see. But yeah, that 
And that feels like a play for me. I mean, you're probably setting yourself up to lose like three, like uh, by a field late field goal or something. But yeah, I'll, I'll play it for sure. And lastly, um, this is one of my plays too. Bowling Green um, tomorrow night, uh, giving three and a half to Western Michigan. Call back to the Bourget fade. Um, we both have this a 14 to 15 point game. Uh, I'm already down on that. I don't know if you've gotten that one yet. Um, yeah, I have. Uh, let me see here. I've got 11. So. Okay. A play. Still a play. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. So yeah, I'll, I'll definitely play that as well. I, I I do like Bowling Green tomorrow, which is a weird thing to say, but yes, I, I do like Bowling Green. So yeah, <laughs> we'll play it. So, okay. So that does it for this podcast. Uh, I am on vacation for the next two weeks. So we're unsure exactly what we're going to do going forward for the next two weeks, but don't worry, we'll be back for Rivalry Weekend, obviously one of the most important weeks in college football, Rivalry Week, and then obviously Conference Championship Week, and then the Bulls. So we'll be back for like the three most important weeks, but we may be off for the next two weeks. Either We're, we're either going to do quicker podcasts, um, or we're going to do just stuff on Twitter. We're going to we're gonna have to see. We'll see. We're not, we're not completely sure what we're going to do yet for the next two weeks. Uh, but we, uh, we, we, you, we will have content for you guys. Don't worry about that. So thank you very much for tuning in. Um, good luck, uh, at everybody's bets this week and we will see you soon. Thank you.